There may be trouble ahead. But when there's music and laughter and love. And romance. <laughs> Let's morning. play the music. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy We've New missed Year. you. We have oh, missed you. And if you are new, because you are still in Twixmas and you're hanging out at home and you want to feel cozy and hang out with a couple of idiots. <laughs> Welcome, Speak if this yourself. is your first time, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell because the notification bell will notify you when we're live and we do tons, I was going to swear there, tons of stuff on this channel. We are, we are a TV channel really. Have you seen that they're introducing, you know there are various different levels of notifying on the bell if you notify oh, okay. for everything, for select things that tailors it towards. So if you're like a movie fan, it'll notify you when a movie Oh, your movies, oh yeah. right. Um, and uh, it'll just, and then there's another one which is kind of, I don't think, I think it's notifying not at all, but they're introducing a new one for adult content called, which is Bellet. Oh Mark, stop it. Yeah, so that one of Dina as a penis is gonna be great. Oh. How much fun did we have with Vlogmas? Oh, and you know what? Yes. If you didn't watch it, it's uploaded. You can go back and watch the whole thing. Um, and it, you did an excellent job. I have to say, it was a particularly fun... Well, I think everyone... It was a kind of huge supporting cast. I thought you, yeah. Dina, Lee, Nanny Di. And um, we did... Even Betty, uh, Betty by phone call. I know. And we did so many more... Um, what's it called? Premieres. So we were actually chatting to you while we were watching them, which was great as well. Mm. Um, it was fun and it was batshit crazy. My God, already there are plans for next year's. Oh, God. Dina. Yeah. Oh. It was, well, Dina's it was, got big plans. It's well, scary. Well, can our first big plan of 2024 be get a staple gun remover and sort out <laughs> our hallway first? That'd be really nice. It'd be nice if she Are you realising now just how mad my sister is? <laughs> yes. Do, she, she are, staple you us all. are you discovering... I think there's lots of people with older sisters like that, though. It's the uh, older sister thing. It must be weird for people that have been following this channel for years to really see it and see, like, the other side of us. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> of, what, what, of you and Dina? No, of all of us with yes. Dina. The way yes. she completely... It's a reign of terror. She's a madam. She's Dina a... is terrifying. Yeah, right. The amount of people that say that. Well, especially with tequila and Anna. I mean, you've got to start locking your tequila away. It was so funny. I was remar I was chatting to our eldest yesterday and I said, oh, I just love little girls that are real madams. I said, and I love... She's got a couple of friends that I just love who mm. are a bit mad at me, but mm. I, I love them. And um, I was saying, I mean, you, when you were three and you said to... Or four or five or something to Dina. When, do you remember when you, you said, I don't like you and I don't like your house. And she went, she went yes. I can't believe I said that to her. She goes, I wouldn't dream of saying that to her now. Yeah. I think <laughs> and Dina, of, I yeah. think Maddie is one of Dina's almost all-time most favourite people. people. I think one of the favourite exchanges between family members that you all know really well was way back in the day when Nanny Di was drinking. We were all drinking. We were in the kitchen and... Nanny Di and uh, Dina were having a row about contemporary art and performance art and dance. And Dina so lost her mind, she climbed into a washing machine. She did. To escape. If you'd have known us when we were all heavily drinking, my God. Have lasted Can you six imagine seconds. if we'd had a YouTube channel <clears throat> there? It would have been struck within a week. <laughs> the 
within a week, we just said a load of things. Yeah. Um, Jill Kelly says, it's been lovely watching you and Dina together. I'm recently estranged from my big sis. Very sad. So enjoy every moment with her. Um, that's nice. Faith Goodman. Hello, Alan. Hey, Faith. How are you, darling? If you're listening on podcast, uh, this is uploaded every day as a podcast. Um, when we talk to named people like that, we haven't gone mad. We aren't sort of talking to other parts of ourselves. We're talking to all our lovely followers and subscribers and family guests who are on the live chat. So that just explains How many that. people there are saying Dina is terrifying but adorable? Yeah, she has a strange combination of the two. It's really weird because, of course, I've just known her all my life. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, why do you think she's scary and adorable? I think because you know in her she's heart... She's so well, good with children. I've never seen anyone, apart from my mum, actually, but at the most oddest of moments... Dina, at the point of an empathetic story, I've noticed on Curly Cooks, of a story, certainly when we've done um, episodes of the Curly Cooks where we're cooking dishes from your past and your families and all that kind of stuff with a sort of huge nostalgic aspect, the tears flow immediately. Oh, no. She's she... absolutely... She says, please don't say that, I'll be too sad. Yeah. You know, Dina like was me... very, very shy as a child. Right, yeah. Very, very yeah. shy. And so, yeah. That's that tough exterior that a lot of people have, mm. isn't it? Mm. Um, but obviously, loads of you must have somebody just like Dina in your lives because none of you are totally phased by her in the least. Uh, I think a few people have been phased by her. <laughs> I've certainly been phased by her. Um, but you feel the love. You feel the love. Anyway, anyway so if, you, if you, you are like new to the channel, that was my sister. Do your newspaper thing. I love it when you do that, especially when you haven't got your knickers on. Come on. Mark, stop what? it. Don't start. Well, we can and they can't. On right, the what are we breakfast. doing first? I think we should talk about insomnia in men versus women. And the reason I want to talk about this is, over the Christmas period, uh, I went from the extraordinary average of um, uh, getting something like two... And, I got two and a half hours sleep one over a 48-hour period, and then my average for most weeks last year was in the region of, and I kid you not, four hours 50 to five hours 40. That, that was the region of my average night's sleep, on, as measured by my Fitbit, across the year. And then at Christmas, during certainly during the period where we weren't doing Vlogmas, um, you know, the little betwixt, I got several nights where I got six and a half hours. I got one night where I got 7.8 minutes, 7 hours and 8 minutes. I've never, ever known you do that. The only other time that's ever happened to me is when we've been camping. Which means I'm do, sleeping on the floor. Do you know, yeah, Mark gets this best night's sleep when we go camping. How weird is that? I should have been a monk. But anyway, so what's the differences then between men and women? Well, this is an interesting piece. This is in the Times. I just the reason I thought this would be important is that I think so many people struggle with insomnia. Um, and I think a lot of people Christos, you do. make it a resolution to 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 um, sort out their sleep, don't exactly. they? And, and therefore putting themselves under a lot of pressure. Uh, absolutely, which can in itself muck up your yeah. sleep. Well, what I thought was interesting about this article was that John Hopkins University have found that women really do need 20 minutes more. You know how we did a story last year in which man flu is a thing? Principally because men are the weaker sex and struggle with things that women just shrug off in a sort of naturalistic fucking supreme... I'm the, I'm the sort of alpha gender. Uh, men just go... Bleh. Well, likewise, women, due to all of the hormonal fluctuations, certainly across a woman's life, and on a daily basis, um, for reasons related to hormones, John Hopkins and Penn State College of Medicine have reported that women do spend and need more time in deep sleep. 20 minutes is now internationally recognised as the differential in sleep requirement between men and women, which is possibly the main reason, well, not the only reason, that a lot of women go to bed before men. This is interesting. Mark bought me a great book for Christmas. What's it called? I can't remember. 
something about it's Eve. Quite, it's over there. Quite oh, yeah, it's called and, Eve. That's yeah, Eve. Eve. Do you want to go and get it? Yeah. And um, I've, I've, I mean, I've only just started it, but it's fascinating. It's 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 going back through the history of women's bodies. You might have taken it upstairs. Oh, and one of the things, well, just I've only just started it. One of the things that she talks about is that nearly all, um, what do you call them, scientific Well, trials. most of the sort of research, studies, trials, yeah. developments in Into health. Into health um, are only trialled on men. Yes. So things like, we've no real acceptance that women's body, women and men's bodies are very different. Just women are more fleshy, seems to be the idea. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, antidepressants, for instance, she says in this book, were only tested on men originally. Mm. Mm. So that's interesting that there is actually now research being done on the difference between men and women. I think she pushes too it to... often we're following the plans of what, what's right for a man's body. But I think the book goes down a much more sinister route. I think it oh, begins yeah. to look it's at things to... like the ways in which childbirth yeah. and caesarean sections and things like that have been conducted oh. have all been about actually potentially compromising the women's, woman's body rather than, rather than supporting it. Listen, listen, why is it, you know, our eldest was born on Christmas Day, right? And that is very rare these days. Why? Why? Why do you think? Well, because midwives want to enjoy Christmas. Because caesareans, they, 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 like, the caesareans done around that time so people can have a Christmas break. Mm. That, mm. that is, I didn't know every single woman can choose to have a caesarean if they want to. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. In the NHS, you can choose to have a caesarean. Right. Even if there's no physical need for it, right. you can choose. Can you imagine how much extra that costs? Being yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I digress. But I'm going to be reading that book and, and sharing nuggets with you over the weeks. Um, one recommendation for men is to stick to or turn to a non-alcoholic beer, even at the end of a drinking night, because apparently the hops are stronger and hops add to a better sleep quality for men, which I thought really? was curious. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Women, this is not surprising, women, limit yourself to one drink, uh, differences in body size and the ability of the body to process the alcohol. Fin uh, researchers in Finland found that just one drink a day decreased sleep quality for women by a quarter, yeah. And more than one daily drink led to sleep, sleep quality dropping by 40% for the female participants. Well, I think most of my adult life, before I had the kids, I would have gone to sleep every single night. Drunk. With, or not with, necessarily with a drunk, drink in you. But with more drink than I should. And, and so, like, all those years of bad sleep. I think oh there's a mis mis miscomprehension around alcohol, that it kind of makes you a bit dopey and a bit yeah, tired. But it's a, it's, a, it's a crap kind of sleep. This is a good one. Put your phone, it's an obvious one. Put your phone away and turn off the TV an hour before bed. And it's interesting. The reason men um, struggle more with their sleep around use of devices isn't just to do with the light Do and that. how close it, it is to when you go to bed it's the nature of what men are doing <laughs> no surprises there on their phone before they go to bed is is it material that they're watching either of an illicit nature or Ooh, also video games or also even if they're streaming or watching really stuff stimulating. men are drawn to stuff that has a much more kind of actiony or darker tone to it so you're oh. you're taken to a sort of more emotionally but then what active would you say place. to all the women and there are many Many women who do this, who listen to crime podcasts as they fall asleep, myself being one of them, well, they, soothes they, me to sleep. Yes, curious, isn't it? That they say it's usually you. they say it's people that have had trauma, mm. like in their lives, often will go to trauma, think, and because it soothes them to sleep, but it's incredibly bad. Right. For you. Apparently, so we have the last two nights. I have put on. 
without the earphones or anything in a meditation. Apparently men are more prone to the effect of caffeine disrupting their sleep. So it's more, there's more of an onus on men cutting caffeine out at an earlier time in the day. Vicky um, waiting. Do you listen to Prime podcasts? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, women, you may be more prone to restless legs at night. Um, restless You've legs got are... restless legs. What's this new thing you're doing? What's that? It's with your feet. Do I do it in my sleep? Oh, Mark is so annoying. What's, what? You go, oh, hum, 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 with your feet. Maybe I'm walking. <laughs> trying to get your steps. Yeah. He's so competitive, he's probably trying to get ahead yeah. with his steps. Yeah. But apparently restless leg is, is often linked to underlying health conditions. Um, but regular walking, stretching and massage can uh, can sort that out, and I think that I think possibly what I am doing is I'm, it's my tendons that you keep telling me are well, about to burst. Yeah, there's lots of nice snap. little stretches that you can just do in bed, just five minutes that will aid good sleep. But yeah. of course, the most one of the most brilliant things about sleep is to go to bed and wake up at the same time, and that's the that's the thing we've never been able but to do. But that are well, interestingly, one of the things they suggest is that if you wake up when you go to sleep, don't, don't try worry about it. Yeah, don't try frantically to get back to sleep because that yeah, causes liked, stress. I saw that somewhere else today. Was, yeah, yeah because what he was saying was that it's actually normal to wake through the night sometimes. And I was mm. like, is it? Because like when the kids say to me, "Oh, I woke up a couple of times," or Mark's like, "Oh no, I panic about it," but actually, it's just totally fine. Mm. And it's normal. This and it. it says if you wake and you're really awake, just be kind to yourself. Yeah. Don't like be sitting there going, oh, I've woken up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because, of course, yeah. that's going to make it something. Even to the point that they suggest wherever it was, I think it's in the don'ts, isn't it? Um, you do pick up a book and read if you're that awake and, and allow yourself the space to kind of, yeah, sort of be awake and then you don't get stressed. This is an odd one. Women, consider taking HRT or try drinking cherry juice and eating turkey. Ah, well, cherry and turkey both have serotonin. Ah. Like, in January, especially, it's really good to eat things like turkey, dark chocolate, all the foods that give you serotonin. Right. If you suffer with low mood. So maybe that's maybe that's what it A is. A 2023 review, you'll like this, of nutritional interventions to help women with menopause-related disturbances oh, restore Sorry. sleep patterns suggested that taking shots of tart cherry yes. juice and eating more tryptophan-rich foods benefited sleep. Right, so so the so serotonin in the in the turkey is for like low mood, but but that for sleep it's it's the melatonin. Wow. Yes, this sour cherry juice. Sour a lot about let's, this. let's do it. Yeah. Let's step towards the sour cherry. Uh, Jill Kelly says, "I've stopped trying to get back to sleep and getting anxious. Apparently, just yeah. resting in bed is still good for you. Yeah. So should we we should go with the flow? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Good idea. Um, Okay, well, that, yeah, that's just, I just thought, you know, nice to have a, I, I think taking the stress out of trying to sleep, I think a lot of people get stressed about trying to sleep, mm. don't they? Yeah, they, exactly. And I think you can get, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. You can put all these plans, there's so many different articles about it, but yeah. to, to, to just chill out about it a bit, to, to, to try and give yourself roughly a time that you're going to go. We, we did well, we went up an hour earlier than we have been last night. Well, you were still in bed at 12.30 though. Yeah, but that was good. Yeah. We've been going to bed at two in, over Christmas. Yes, we were. Yeah. Uh, I've just I've asked the question a little bit late because we've finished the story. But there you go. Do you have an insomnia? Um, okay. Well, should we do New Year's resolutions? Yes. Or are we going to do the ketamine and then move on to? Yeah, maybe move on to like the ket- because we're going to have quite a bit of fun with you yeah, on yeah. this. So ketamine, 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 this is ketamine. Just 
scary shit. This is unfortunately, uh, obviously in the news because of the tragic story of a young lady called Jenny Larmore, um, who, 18. 18, who had just arrived at college and died after taking ketamine on a night out with this friends. This is like, right, like, this is so, she was there, she was there, stud, she was studying architecture, I think, mm, wasn't she? Mm. Her first night out on Freshers' Night. And she was meeting her mum the next day to go shopping. She out for a drink. Her mum was staying in a hotel because mm. she'd gone with her to take her for Freshers' Night. She's staying in a hotel because they're going to go out to lunch the next day. Literally, as I'm saying it again, every time I've spoken about this, because I was telling the girls about it, my, my body just goes into her mm, mm, for that month. And so she's getting ready at the hotel to go and meet her daughter for lunch. And the police arrive mm. and tell her that her daughter has died from ketamine, mm. right? Can you, I believe she was come from? She was Irish. Yes, she was. And I, I think that her mum said she arrived in Newcastle. She would arrived in Newcastle, as green as green can be, um, and you know got offered this thing, um, ketamine, took it, and I think she collapsed almost immediately. Now this was back in 2020. Now the reason yeah. the story is in the press is that her mother has gone public with it, and she wants to address what she calls the naivety among parents. I was surprised that ketamine is not classed as a class A drug. Seriously? Yeah, not yet. No, no. So there's a campaign to kind of get it upgraded. I think if NOS or whatever the kind of laughing gas has, oh, has this been, has to get upgraded. Yeah. Kids are like, and the the thing about this is, is this have they? Is this the same article where the doctor talks about the absolute ravages of mm. ketamine? ketamine mm. on the bladder yeah absolutely so you know we we actually do chat to a lot of young people not only our our daughters but it's our friends kids and, our, and because we are very open people and we never start screaming and shouting at kids when they tell us stuff we get the real insight into how you know things are being used mm. now ketamine i don't know about anywhere else but in london it is in a certain age group it is very prevalent Mm. And it is quite normal for young teenagers to go to parties and to see, well, anywhere, and to see ketamine being taken. I think it's about £3 a hit. It is £3 a hit. And, and I, it speaks to something that I think is really odd, because I'm a recovering alcoholic, recovering addict, uh, 19 years. And I think we're in a really, really perilous situation with the affordability of drugs versus the yeah. inaffordability of alcohol. And I've long, we've long talked on this channel, I did a live over Christmas, about how alcohol is, if alcohol came onto the market now as a new concept, it would probably be, probably be classed as a class A, B, C or something drug. It's, it's dangerous to the body, it's, it's toxic, it gives you a high, but you know, it's all about legal parameters and the ability to make money out of it. Um, and so, you know, alcohol, we've long said, is one of those odd drugs, which, as you've always said, you know, it's one of weird. You have to apologise if you don't want to indulge in it, whereas all these other drugs are castigated as evil. And then there are lots of people who say, oh, but spliff is fine. Here's the thing. If you make alcohol so unaffordable and then get all sort of like pat on the back as a culture about the idea that our youngsters are drinking less, I've been saying it for a long time. The reason drugs. people aren't drinking as much as youngsters is they can't afford it and they're turning to drugs. Now, it's a different debate about how dangerous alcohol versus drugs is. It's, it's nuanced, it's complicated. Well, I think the thing is, the differences with drugs is you don't know what's, what you're buying. Precisely. So the Priory Group has said that they've seen a 34% increase in inquiries for ketamine addiction over the past year and a 350% increase over the eight over eight years. Now, 
we, we, we were talking to, uh, you know, a group of uh, our kids and a group of their friends. And we're like, we didn't even know that word when we were growing up. But it's just like every like kid knows the word. Mm. And the thing is, you know, it causes terrible long-term um, issues with memory, with a concentration. But the, this, the really scary thing for me is this ketamine cystitis where extremely painful, they pass blood. And many of them, these long-term users, end up with a bag mm. because the bladder has to come out. Now, why are we talking about all of this? Because I think too many adults are too scared to talk to kids about drugs and to really ask what's going on. So what, what a really good way of getting into it is to just chat about these stories that you've read in the paper whilst they're around and talk about the bladder bag. Mm. Because the bladder, because when you talk to a child about anything, it's like, oh, in the long term, it could affect you this way. But if you talk about the way they're going to look and the way it's going to affect them, like for the world to see, like a, you know, a, a bladder bag, I can't mm. remember what they're called now, um, that goes in much, much deeper, I think. So I do think it's a conversation to be having mm. because it is going to be around them and it's good for them to know just how nasty. It, it, the symptoms can end up being side effects. The, 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 the most usual response for many kids and youngsters, and I remember trotting this out, when I, you know, is that, uh, yeah, but it's not as dangerous as this. Yeah, you know, off, I, I get sick and tired of hearing people say, yeah, but spliff, it's not. It's, look, if we were talking in an ideal world, it's like most pure drugs taken in a laboratory setting and in conditions, uh, which are pure, this is not for a minute, am I suggesting you do this? No. But, you know, the, you have controllability over... Well, like you med, do with alcohol, med, yeah, exactly. which is a highly you know, toxic... It, it's, it's monitored, yeah. it's, it's controlled. Joni, as you correctly say, the problem with all these things is what they're mixed with. Now, uh, ketamine is increasingly being mixed with fentanyl, which is oh my God. massively dangerous. Now, it could well be oh. that it wasn't the ketamine that killed this poor girl, but it was actually it, we'll more than likely whatever it was that it was mixed with. But I think one of the other but things... But mixing it with alcohol. Sorry, the doctor mix, said yeah, that yeah. it's that mix of the alcohol yeah, yeah, and the ketamine. Yeah. She had a big boozy night. Come in, come back yeah. to the flat, have a ketamine yeah. hit, bang. Yeah. You know, but I think... It sounds strangely pragmatic and curiously contradictory to suggest that there's a hierarchy of menace in drugs and what have you. But I do think that the problem around the problem facing youngsters is they're looking for any kind of high. They, every one of us remembers going through the rites of passage of getting drunk and feeling get dizzy and and some, unfortunately, some like it too much and become addicts. Others don't, and some develop uncomfortable and, un and bad relationships with with uh, with alcohol. But if you make alcohol so stratospherically unaffordable, of course, kids are going to turn to something else. So I never see these headlines. Well, where they, it's where not they... so much unaffordable because there's a lot of you keep saying that but it's a lot of cheap alcohol available. It's about going out somewhere. When as soon as you walk into a pub or a club or whatever, yeah. it's unbelievably expensive. Yeah, which is why drugs it? are taken often before going before into going in, so yeah. they then don't have to buy lots of alcohol. So it's just, it's just, yeah, so it's just, tragic. and also That's this, cool, as Nad says, it's really important. I think sometimes just to remind youngsters, you know, what's cool. You know, it's all about is it cool. Is it hip? Mm. Is it funny? Does it create funny memories? Oh, I was with my friends. I seem cool. I I'm, I'm hanging out with my peer group. It's not cool to have a, you know, a, a, to have got yourself a destroyed bladder and be living mm. with a, you know, with a, what are they called? A, 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 
in a colostomy bag of some form. It's not cool if you've smoked too much spliff that's mixed with the wrong stuff to be in a, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a psychiatric institute with, with you know, paranoid schizophrenia. It's just, just not. And those poor people that have had to have those b bags for other reasons, you know, yeah, God, exactly. it must be so frustrating yeah, for to them yeah, to watch yeah, yeah, it because you yeah. think, God, you've got no idea. We both mm. are massive fans of Tracy Emin mm. and we follow Tracy Emin and her recording of actually what it's like living with one of these bags, you know, without the black, it's just, just horrendous. Mm. So it's not somebody, something anybody should run towards. No, exactly. Um, okay, news resolutions. Let's ask a poll. Have you made any? And then I'll ask if you've kept them. Have you, what are your New Year's resolutions, guys? Share them with us. Have you made New Year's resolutions? We pulled an article from one of the, one of the papers this weekend, which I thought was kind of counter I, I liked it. I it liked was, it, because it's the don'ts. Yeah, it's like, rather than a to-do list for 2024, why not have a to-don't list? You know, rather than banging on and putting pressure on ourselves to do this or achieve this, why not just flip it around and go, I won't do that anymore, or I won't approach this like that, and all, all that kind of stuff. This one I love. It's a whole load of different sort of well-known people, isn't it, making their comments. Don't try to lose weight. Make it a bonus, not the focus. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree with that. I don't know if any of you joined me yesterday for the live. I did a live. I'm going to be doing one every Monday night at nine o'clock where we just talk through mm, why we hate our bodies, you know, how we've been manipulated into that body image, body acceptance, all of that. Nine o'clock live every Monday. If you missed it last night, it's, of course, it is uploaded and there is a link underneath it asking for you to share stories that I might read out the next week. But mm. this is uh, this is absolutely what I believe in. Make sure your diet is very varied. Right, as varied as it can be, rather than counting calories. If you have gone onto a diet this week where you are counting calories, I cannot urge you enough to think again. Honestly, think again. It's the road to hell as far as I'm concerned. Um, so your gut is linked to all kinds of things from the way your brain works, the condition of your skin, your energy levels, everything. So if you look after your gut, go online. What do I need to eat to look after my gut? A side effect of that will be that you will lose weight, but you'll be more energised, you'll be better looking, and you'll be feeling fantastic. So what's one of yours that you chose? Well, just quickly, Joni says, I'm going to drink more water, hitting 47 next week, starting with the simple things I can change. That's quite a nice idea, just start yeah, with little, little chinky, chinky little things. Um, Danielle Lee, not made any, other that, made any other than to spend more time with my senior dog. He's nearly 14. Mm. That's but, sweet. Oh, but you see, by making that, that's like a promise of being kind to yourself, mm. of being more mindful, for taking more time mm. out. So that thing that sounds like a simple thing is actually yeah. is actually really productive. Um, I, I've found some, there's some funny ones here by, by some of the sort of some journalists and writers and people. Marina Hyde suggests, don't take yourself too seriously this year. Uh, some of her biggest regrets in life are things that she's turned down on principle. You know, don't be too <laughs> Have serious. Have principle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, I like this one. <laughs> you should bear this one in mind. Don't agree to social plans a month or longer ahead. I've, I've, I've marked that, that one. you wouldn't be excited about if they weren't that happening tonight. Night. That's a great one, a isn't great it? One. Because you can go, yes. yeah, because it's a month ahead. And as it comes up to the week that you've got to go, you can yeah. start having that dread and then you're trying to think how to get out of it. So that comes down I to perhaps not people-pleasing too much. Like, it's all about people-pleasing. I don't want to be seen to be saying no. Just say no if you don't, if you don't want to do it. But if you do agree, do don't it. bail, don't flake. Yeah. 
We've a my one particular group of my friends. We have a couple of people that every single time we know they're not going to turn up. Yeah. And if they knew how everybody else felt about that, they would really oh, right. That's check it. It's, that's it's it's not good. I see. It is not good. I see you've you've asterisked another similar one to me. This one. Which, Don't kid yes. yourself that people change. They just become more exaggerated versions of themselves one way or another. Accepting this saves a lot of time. It, it, there is acceptance in knowing the limitation. You see, I always have a problem with this. My, my feeling on this kind of thing is, we often say it about various people in all our lives, you're not, things aren't going to change, they aren't going to change. As soon as you say that and sign up to it about someone that, say, you care for or love or you're, you know, you're, you're involved with or a friend with or whatever, you're kind of giving up on the ability of that relationship to develop, are you not? Are you not giving well, no, up on No, but I think a... they're talking about don't fundamentally try and change a person because yeah. people don't fundamentally change. But I do think people, people, I mean, God, look at the changes we've gone through in the time that we've yeah, been together. True. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like this one. Don't under underestimate the pure joy <laughs> of walking out of a cinema or the theatre, and I would add to that, or putting down a book or leaving a series or a podcast, whatever, that you are not enjoying. Because I think we hang on too much to every single thing. We must finish it. Yes, I'm, I'm big on that. I, I, I really, I, I believe really feel in like, that. yeah, I, I, I kick myself if I don't complete a book, so I just stick with it even if it takes me all year, which is exactly what's happening at the moment, even though it's a fantastic book. You're loving book. the book. I'm That's loving the book. So weird. Um, I like this one by someone else saying, Don't check in luggage. I've stood at the airport carousel, lost my luggage twice this year. She said, It's not easy putting everything into a carry on, but it's, it's a hell of a lot easier than having nothing when you get to the other end. <laughs> I thought it was kind of a pragmatic one. Um, I went on a two-week holiday last year, didn't we? And I took hand luggage. Mm. For a woman of my age, that is quite something. That is quite something. But it was incredibly liberating walking off any flight. It wasn't fucking liberating when I had nothing to wear, I, I can tell you. What have you got there? Um, don't train for a marathon. <laughs> Work on your 5K. The beauty of the 5K lies in its versatility. And I think, obviously, she goes on more about the 5K. But I think in that is, like, don't... Go for some massive change with your exercise. Right, and you were saying yesterday, where people go wrong is they say, I'm going to do this every yes. day. Don't do it every day. Really sit and think about what do you actually enjoy? How do you enjoy moving your body? Is it is it sex? Is it running? <laughs> All the time. Is it gym? Is it dancing? Is it What is it? Find out that before you even think of starting your exercise programme and then do that as often as you can because big, massive exercise goals always fail well, and, and what, usually what, end up hurting yourself. And what I'd also like to say about that, which is really important, I think, and this is really important in so many things. I think this helps with even anxiety, social anxiety, everything. We put on ourselves as human beings the constraints of time. We need to have done this every day. Okay. We need to have done this every week. We need to have achieved this by the end of the year. Or we need to do this by this time. These are all, you know, relatively speaking, obviously we all live in days and we all have a start to the day and we have an end to the day, some of us. Um, but, but I think it's really important that, you know, for example, my, my point on this was this. I was talking to one of the girls about it. Rather than saying I'm going to do an exercise or abs exercise every day of the, of the month, that you're going to fail. And when you fail that one day or you don't do it that one day, that's where the doubt creeps in and that's where the nagging voice creeps in. And you think, well, because I didn't do it then, I'm not going to do it again. And failure creeps in. But if you do say to yourself in January, I'm going to make sure I've done more um, than five yeah. across the month. You sort of give yourself a sort of looser, baggier set of parameters 
And if you have a day where you're feeling so fucking depressed, you couldn't fucking dream of anything worse than doing that, you can park it and then you can pick it up again the next day. I would say as well, don't weigh yourself. Also, don't, don't weigh, get yourself. weigh yourself. Weigh yourself. <laughs> because it's the similar thing. Yeah. You step on the scales, it doesn't tell you what you wanted to hear, so you just go and binge. Yeah. But don't, but get an article of clothing, but not something that was a size eight mm. if you're now 16, because it, just work through your clothes. Something that's a little bit tight, mm. a little bit uncomfortable, use that first of all. Mm. And when it feels like, oh, it's not so tight, mm. and then move through. That's a better way if you're needing that sort of visual. Mm. Um, uh, inspiration um i like this one don't imagine that your dog can't understand every word you're saying That's he true. can we were laughing about this morning yeah. toffee yeah, she's, she's looking at you she's looking she at you. understands everything everything. <laughs> everything i like this one don't reason away your feelings. Not everything can be analysed. Sometimes you have to allow yourself to be angry because someone else has actually been a dick. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes there's no why, it just is. And I think this is really important because sometimes, I'm not suggesting this is what you do, but you know, sometimes we can quite too quickly ask ourselves to understand why someone has been an arsehole. And there's always a reason for someone being an arsehole. Even Donald Trump, there's always going to be some aspect of what's brought them here that's compassionate and a shame and sad and it's gonna you know, the reason he wants to build a wall is because he never had a wall in a garden and things like that right but i do think it's really important this was said a lot when i was in rehab anger is an emotion and you know if someone wrongs you or someone hurts you or someone upsets you it's all right to feel the emotion it's what you do as my shrink said it's what you do with that anger that's most mm -hmm. important and sometimes expressing it and expressing it safely and in a non-threatening way somewhere or being able to just That's feel what I it. find so hard. Because feel when it. I'm angry, I totally hurt myself. Yes. Because I give you give the key of yourself to somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when I lose my shit, it's, like, never good. Mm. It's never good. It's never good for the person I've lost my shit with or for myself because I hate myself after it. Yeah. So trying to manage anger is a really difficult and thing. And just as an addendum yeah. to that, which kind of, that feeds into, don't hit send on an email while your blood is boiling or a text or Oh anything. yeah, she says, doesn't she? I've never ever once woken up in yeah. the morning and thought, after. oh, I wish I'd have sent that hate-filled email. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, hysterical rants, you, or save them to draft or write them in the notes section of your iPhone and then just leave them. I mean, I go through my notes sometimes and go, oh, God, thank God I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't have to be a conversation starter. I'm giving you this yeah, one. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. Um, this person says, I'm an introvert and an observer, but I think I was trained to fill the awkward gaps as a young child and I find it hard to stop. But this year I plan to sit back and let everyone else ask the questions. Nice. Because I think that you, do, we both are definitely those mm. that sort of those sorts of people. I mean, I am older than you. I'm six years older, so I've toned it down a lot. But you still jump into fixing every single moment. Mm. You're mm. getting better. Mm. You're getting better. Mm. You don't need to do that. I'm going to be fixing moments for a because day also, later today. Also, with, with us, it is a bit of ego as yeah. well. It is ego, if you were honest. It's like, oh, God, people are going to want us to be at the mm. entertainment. We've mm. got to save the day. Well, no, maybe just people are quite all right with it just being a bit awkward sometimes. You yeah, know? yeah. No, it's, in it's interesting as well. I mean, just in terms of the thing that I'm filming later, there is, because it's continuous filming, it's really hard, I've noticed it's really hard for people you're filming with for con a continuous amount of time. They feel they ought to say something. Yeah. You feel you ought to say just something. Calm it down. 
um, and actually what we're there filming is something where you just want to film the normality of something just happening it's yeah. very hard we're, we're all trained even when you're a you know a sort of top flight actor you, you kind of find yourself going oh, what do I say I should fill the silence so it, it's not easy it's not easy to do it um can I do a little quick one here yes don't allow your child who's away at uni to put your debit card oh, on his one. or her uber account that's funny Another little quick one. Don't try to get the attention of the server behind the bar in a crowded pub by mouthing a pleading, semi-spoken, hi. Yeah. You know you're better than that. <laughs> um, I like this one. Don't try to be the best at everything. Plan to take up a hobby, but don't pressure yourself to excel at it. Just do earlier. it. Yeah, feel the failure. Feel oh, the failure. Mark, Catherine Jones, I've been sober for 18 years and I oh. find it so hard speaking in meetings, the A meetings. What would you say? So I'd, oh, Catherine, well, what I would say is if, if you're getting something from the meeting, I know, I totally, exactly, I, I totally understand what you mean. I find what's really hard about that is that you're, you're feeling that unless you don't open your mouth, I'm presuming you're talking about an AA meeting, if you don't open your mouth, you're somehow not engaging fully with the programme. And I have to confess, it's one of my issues with the, the fellowship, is that there are sometimes certain kind of rules and regulations put in that do seek or, or don't seek to make you feel like an imperfect recovering alcoholic, but end up making you feel like that. And if you think that so many people with addiction problems have self-esteem issues, what's happening there for you is it's a kind of feedback situation that gets worse and worse and worse. All I would say to you is feel no desire, need or pressure to say a word. You don't have to say anything I, I've said in that any to AA Mark. meeting whatsoever. I've said that to Mark. Um, and also, you know, when you say people are making you feel that, maybe they're not. Maybe it's leaving you feeling that way. And that's something that you've got to address because maybe nobody's thinking that. Maybe that's your own stuff. But I say to Mark when he goes to meetings, say, don't feel like you have to be entertaining. Like when you do a share, people, some people in, in meetings are just, just sit there and mumble on, don't they? Mm. But I always worry that you feel you have to be. No, 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 no. But I, but I also think I, I'm really pleased you said that because I think, I mean, in fact, I think there's a whole live chat about not saying things at AMI. And I think there's a huge pressure and a huge stress that's created for countless people not the use of the word god and how that can be different for everyone but the idea that unless you open your mouth you are somehow not working the program seriously enough or effectively enough look the point of a meeting is to hear the similarities it's not to say the similarities it's to feel the similarities if you go in and you use that meeting for you and in hearing what you've heard you feel connected that's what the meeting is there for, for you. Do not feel the pressure. There'll be people in there who are, and I don't mean this in a horrible, disparaging way, because it's the way it works yeah, for so many people. people. There are many banging the tambourines, not literally, but, you know, really kind of, you've got to work it, you've got to be, get your sponsor mm. in the first meeting. Da, 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 and that's what the, works for and them. Absolutely. And but the way they work it doesn't have to work for you. Exactly. So. Even in many regards, they've replaced, quite rightly, alcohol with the addiction of the process and the structure and the order and the regimen of a meeting. But I think this is where there are struggles around AA in that if you don't, if you're not that, that same person. So I do open my mouth often in a meeting, but I don't go there with a prescribed idea of what I'm going to say. If I'm trying to think about what I'm saying and it's not natural, I, I tie myself up in knots. Nothing, nothing. I end up saying nothing. If I just go expecting to say nothing, but I feel something based off something that someone said, I don't even put a time limit on it. I just say my name and I go, look, I just want to say I've really connected with what such and such said. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, boom. But more often than not, I won't say anything. It's about connecting. It's just so please don't, I get Catherine Jones, I'm so pleased you said that. Do not feel bad. 
somebody there saying they're giving up people pleasing. That's a massive one. Oof, That's oof. really hard. Because even that, what Catherine was talking, there's a little bit of people pleasing. Mm. What do people want from me? What do I need? How am I failing this? Mm. So, um, okay. uh, did you just see that news coming up there about Japan? An airline, yeah, a, a, a airplane. plane that's on fire. God, I'm hoping there's nobody in it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Poor Japan. God. Mika Mack, thank you so much. She's just bought, Mika, you've just bought... Ten people randomly memberships. Oh, happy up. new year! Happy new year! And of if, course, the No Name Sunday show will be returning this coming Sunday. So, it, in the members area, it's, it's one pound ninety nine a month, and there you get extra content. So, if anybody's wondering, I saw a couple of people saying, "What is the mm. members area?" Mm. So, you um, get you get a a weekly sort of magazine cookery show. Uh, it's going to be alternately live, pre recorded, live, pre recorded every Sunday. It's the only pretty much the only content that goes out on a Sunday for us. Uh, and every seven to ten days, there's a members live. Um, we've got some overhanging Christmas cards that are going to head out, which were one during the betwixt Christmas and New Year. They'll be heading out too. But yes, yeah, so there'll be every seven to ten days members lives. And there are also opportunities, funny little moments on the community tab for members to win cards by giving us captions, funny captions and stuff like that. So thank yeah. you, Mika. That's yeah, really that's kind. very kind of you, Mika. Um, so we better right. What we have been doing since um, since the situation in uh, Israel and Gaza is that we we talk about it towards the end in mm. case people don't want to engage with it. I wish people. I hope people will. I hope people will because it's really important what's going on out there. But mm. Um, mm. but so if we're going to chat about that now, so if you would like to leave. We we'll love you, and we'll see you tomorrow, mm -hmm. around-ish the same time. We kind of do 9, 9.30, 10, depending on what else is going on in mm. the morning for us. So if you're new to us, we are here every morning. Sometimes we do wine o'clocks instead. Mm -hmm. um, and as I say, check out my live I did last night if you're interested in finding more body acceptance, mm. worrying about body image and stuff, and do... Do um, tell me your story in the link and I will be reading some out next week. And if you're struggling with alcohol, there's a live that landed around the Christmas period. I can't, can't remember when, but that's also on the channel too. And likewise, I th I'm thinking in January, not, obviously not the same night, but another night of the week doing uh, live check-ins, live shares. And in fact, you know, um, I think it was Catherine, was it, who was talking about not opening your mouth necessarily at meetings. That'd be perfect one perfect for you one then, for Catherine. You. Yeah, you could, you could, we could share and talk about that. It would be interesting to, maybe that would be useful. Um, so in terms of Israel and Gaza, <laughs> uh, ceasefire is still a dirty word, um, astonishingly. Um, the news flow, I think it's important, I just want to say, it's really important to say this. Sean King has been kicked off uh, Instagram. Um, I think to many it's people, uh, Sean King is a civil rights activist who very much was involved in the Black Lives Matter um, movement. Um, he was, you know, key in, in, in sort of posting huge numbers of uh, pieces of information, news footage, uh, stories that the Very mainstream thorough. media that really, really just ignores and kind of circumnavigates because of its the discomfort that it often presents to society. Um, and off the back of that, he's also been a, you know, advocate for the Free Palestine movement, um, but was also involved in, in, in securing the freedom of hostages at the beginning. He's, you know, it's about, it's about innocent people being killed. And he has sought or sought to, um, yes, I think use shockability and really quite distressing footage to illustrate his point. But I think unless that's being shown, people can just too neatly tie up in a bow the way in which the mainstream media is packaging the Israel 
Palestine story as a justified war, a continued now for almost four-month act of self-defense. You know, all of this kind of, the narrative in the mainstream media, there are very few people online and so on the social media who are not pushing or promoting a propagandist alternative story, but who are actually showing it for what it is on the ground from the Palestinian perspective. Let's not forget, we haven't had hundreds of Israeli or mainstream media journalists killed by uh, the Palestinians, but we have seen over 100 Palestinian journalists killed by Israel. So the coverage of this news is, is heavily tilted in one direction. And we get a lot of sort of, you know, frustration for it. And I'm not homing in on you, Natasha, I understand you're in Israel. Um, but we, when people say, but why are you only talking about this side of it? We don't only talk about this side of it. Go back to when it happened. We called it the 9-11 for Israel. We talked about their right to self-defense and there's a point at which that stops. Um, and, you know, why do we talk about it? Because the mainstream media doesn't. And why do we talk about it? Because social media platforms are seeking to stop people talking about it. So I think it's important to provide um, both sides of the equation. So we are outwardly admitting that... British Arab, Arabic father-in-law, Arabic family, that of course... Our parents just on the border. ...are on the border. Of course, there are differing uh, understandings and comprehensions of the, of the conflict uh, because of that. So that's why Somebody we to it. follow, um, if you are interested in getting, um, you know, more information on the upside, is Owen Jones on Instagram. He's doing some really great interviews. He's very engaged in it and, um, yeah... He, he's 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 a he's a he's a he's a jolly good journalist because he, he because he's going to the discomfort and he will be taking so much flack for that. And that's despite because... that's despite that's despite people like Owen Jones being um, <laughs> there's this curious thing happening where from certain quarters and we won't name them. Uh, the accusations of race hate are actually acts of race hate. Um, and so Owen Jones has done what he's done, and there are there are a few people out there who are not at all shying away from their pure sort of hatred, viciousness, and um, sort of nastiness in trying to rubbish him, shut him up, and get him closed down. So you know, there's a real attempt to silence anyone who is talking uh, on behalf of the Palestinians, and that is not, as we've said so many times. To be talking for Palestine is neither anti-Semitic uh, nor supporting of Hamas. Or anti-Israel. Is is, I am anti no. the Israeli government's sustained pounding of a population. An admittance that they are going to use starvation, you know, turn off the electricity, the water... The health system has completely collapsed. Mm. They, I mean, last time I looked at the figures, a thousand children had amputations with no anaesthetic. We've got too used to that sentence. Think about that. Imagine if that was somebody of your, mm. you know, your, your some a loved one. And so we we do feel, I feel, a state of absolute panic. I feel panic stricken that. It seems that this is just going to go on forever. I, I heard this morning um, that somebody from the Israeli government said it's going to go on throughout the whole year. Mm. Year? Throughout the whole year? Really? Mm. Really? I mean, my God, the numbers that we've got of the dead are only the numbers where there's a body. There are so many bodies under the rubble. Mm. It is being flattened. It cannot go on. It is not self-defence now. It is not self-defence. 
defence. Natasha Milton saying that rockets are still being fired. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, I'm presuming the Iron Dome, we're not hearing of any casualties. So, I mean... And the do... iron, is the Iron Dome <clears throat> deflecting them? And I, I think the Iron Dome is deflecting mm. them, whereas I think obviously that isn't happening in Palestine. Um, and I also think, I'd, I'd be curious to know Natasha as well, I mean, genuinely, what do you think of commentators like Daniel Maté or Gabor Maté, who are, you know, Jewish... Um, I, as I understand, it, I think Gabriel Maté is his family a survivors of the Holocaust. Yes, well, he was. I think he oh, must have he a, been a, 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 a baby, baby, do, baby, new ha, baby. What do you make as an Israeli of you know proudly Jewish people being as critical as we are of what is happening in terms of of Gaza? How do you square that? I'm just curious to know because. For me, it just strikes me as it's not about being Jewish or not Jewish. It's about humanity, and it's about mm, it's about strategy, yeah. and it's about you know w you know this isn't a practical way to do it. Um, I, I, I'm just curious. To I know. don't think in terms. Yes, he of survived. He survived as a baby. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't think of it in terms of being Jewish. I think of it in terms of Netanyahu and his government. That's mm. what. I, that's when I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about so many government officials have used you know, genocidal language, mm. openly, openly, not hiding away from it, sat on TV shows and said it. And so that that is where that is where my anger and frustration goes, is to is to these people that think mm. that they can just, you know, use this language and and you know and, and Biden a hundred percent supporting it every day, mm. you know. So and of course, you know, talking to my dad the other day, you know, the the, the thing is this is it's a tinderbox for the whole region. This is all tied up, you know, China and Iran are so cozy and da da da. It's a mess. It's a mess. So to not be engaged means that you're not engaged in really potential for a very, very dangerous situation that mm. could eventually affect the whole world. Oh, here you go, Natasha, a few thoughts. A, easier for those Jews living outside of Israel, and B, I'm thinking most want this over with at this stage, whether or not we care for the Palestinians or Jewish lives. Yeah. Easier for those Jews living outside but of Israel. But I suppose Israel. for lots mm. of different reasons, Natasha, sort of filling in here. A, if you're not feeling the fear of it. Uh, B, if you're not got the pressure to all think in a certain way. I mean... I saw some video footage the other day of, um, it, it was a school, and all the students had turned against the headmaster oh, and were shoving him around because he shared an article about mm. maybe being more considerate mm. to the Palestinian situation. So I imagine to have any sort of differing opinions is very scary. We've seen people now refusing to go into the army and being put into prison. And I didn't realise when they come back out, they get asked again to go in the army and they say no again and then they go back into prison. prison. So these people are incredibly brave to do mm. this. And yes, I'm sure, you know, we we have to accept that we don't hear anything really about how the Israeli people are feeling. Mm. Um, I think there's quite a news blackout, it feels like, don't you? Mm, yeah, absolutely. We um, get official statements, but, you know, is it a situation where it is difficult to talk out against what's happening? I just want to also... Nobody really wants to be at war, do they? No, and, 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 and also, I mean, the big news today is that Israel have announced that they're going to defend themselves at the International Court uh, uh, regarding the accusations of genocide, that South Africa has brought this case against Israel uh, at the International Court. Um, and Israel have, have said that they're going to defend themselves. Just on this on this thing of gen the word genocide and, and genocidal actions, etc. Genocidal language. Genocidal language. 
I think this is a really important thing. And this, this was said by someone who I think they were Jewish on, on the radio. And they were saying it's really, and, and again, it, it strikes me, unfortunately, that if you're Jewish and you're anti-Israel, there seems to be a huge sort of desire from sort of pro-Zionist Israelis to really rubbish that person and question their Jew Jewishness. It's really bizarre. It's a kind of weird form of anti-Semitism from Israelis. It's weird. It's just weird. Anyway. But on that note, if what the tragedy and awfulness of what happened on in October, if that which has been described as a genocidal act by Israel, if that language can be used, let's and that's questionable. But if that language can be used, which has been used a lot, and everyone had you know, Israel had the sympathy and empathy of the world at that moment, even though it didn't happen in a vacuum, and it's important to understand that just from a historical perspective to then know how to solve it in the long term. But if that could be, was being described as a genocidal act. This is the bit that I find really difficult to square. How can killing 20 times as many people, most of them children and women, um, mass displacement, um, a scorched earth policy of destroying all infrastructure and ability to reconstitute and relive in the land of, of, of the Gaza Strip, how can the acts, the awful acts in October against Israel be described as genocidal. And this, which is, has become, has become, didn't need to, but has become 20 times more serious, if you like, just in terms of number of deaths. How can that not be? Why is there such a sort of to-do and an and, and absolute hostility and a sort of refusal and a desire to cancel anyone who describes what's happening in the Gaza Strip as genocidal actions if the same language can be used of something that happened, not just on, you know, principally on a day, that's not to say rockets haven't still been coming over, but principally was located in that day and Israel has been defending itself against since, or attacking, attacking well, I suppose Gaza all since. of this will come up in the in the court, you know, with this, with this, you know, South Africa have bought. This I just case. don't think we can pick and choose use of the word. I don't think any one country has a right to use the word. I don't think only Israel can decide whether actions are genocidal or not. I do, absolutely not. And I think, regardless of what the outcome of the South African move is, I think it's important to push both Israel's actions. And Hamas's actions back in October through the same filter. And what I would expect from that would be, yes, if what Hamas did in October was genocidal, is genocidal, it needs to be condemned and people need to be taken to court and punishments need to happen. But likewise, just because the state of Israel has said it's a state, just because its soldiers are wearing uniforms, doesn't mean it can't engage in illegal activities. It's this curious idea that if you pop a uniform on, you're somehow going to behave. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. On a moment of good news, Nadia's dear mum sent me this story. Arab and Jewish singers record West Side Story message together as a message of hope. I thought this was rather mm. beautiful. Performers come together on the Israeli opera stage singing in Arabic, Hebrew and English. Um, and I think this is particularly sort of act, given that the, you know, Leonard Bernstein, Bernstein film, Maestro, came out. Can't say I was a big fan of it, but, you know, it's out and, you know, a major conductor and composer. And there is footage online. If you go to YouTube and put in the Israeli opera somewhere, uh, they all together sing. And of course, you know, West Side Story, it's the two houses, isn't it? It's Romeo and Juliet. I mean, there couldn't be a more apt musical mm. or piece of music for the conflict that's happening over a border wall. It just breaks my heart because there will be so many people whether in Israel or with Palestine, they just want to live peacefully together like they did so long ago. And it's just, 
It's complicated, but it's also not. Mm. I mean, it's also not. There is enough room. If nobody's greedy, there's enough room. Exactly. Uh, Brett Weiner, yes, Teddy and Betty are in Jordan. They are. Yeah. They can see. They can hear. They can practically see Israel from where they are because they're across the water in the yeah. Dead Sea. So, yeah. yeah. Guys, happy new year. So as, you, as you've got all silliness and seriousness, classic kind of uh, coffee moaning there. Um, I created a holiday. Uh, yes, and I, I saw a total storm addict there earlier. Oh, hello, total storm addict. I haven't seen you for a while. For a while. No. <laughs> uh, guys, have a, have a lovely rest of the day. Obviously, content is going to keep dribbling onto the, onto the, onto the platform. Um, go and check out Nadia's brilliant live chat about body image last night. And as I say, there's one about alcoholism somewhere in, in, in amongst all the vlogmases. Bye. Have a lovely day. Bye.